morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Life You Deserve podcast with me, Dr. Jill Barham. This is part two of Menopause Mayhem. So if you listened to part one, you will know that the tables were turned on me and my lovely friend, nutritional therapist, holistic health coach, acupuncturist, uh, all-round superwoman, Sally Varley, hormone specialist, and decided that she would interview me about my roller coaster ride with the menopause over the last 15 plus years, actually, because she knows that I've had a particularly difficult time despite being a nutritional therapist myself and you know trying all sorts of things and actually being able to help an awful lot of other women I just struggle to find real answers to, specifically to some of the real problems that I have experienced so uh, go back and listen to part one if you haven't already this is part two where we get down and dirty we talk a lot about vaginal atrophy we talk about sleep we talk about HRT um, and all things uh, pre, peri, postmenopausal. Uh, it's a, it was a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. So that's when the estrogen levels are so low that you know everything kind of dries up um and sex is in penetrative sex is impossible you certainly don't feel like it anyway um and and is it painful i imagine very painful and it got worse and worse and towards the end i couldn't even sit in a car so you know we we went down to, to france skiing and sitting in the car for you know hours at a time was just uncomfortable um some women get kind of a bit of leaking a lot of women get repeated urinary tract infections because the ureter and the vagina are obviously next to each other and and also around the back passage as well so that can all dry up yeah um and it was just miserable and i felt useless just useless and unfeminine horrendous my hair you know my husband did say to me even though I've got lots of hair compared to a lot of women, I used to have massive black bushy hair. And he said to me, oh, I really admire you, how you kind of coped with the way that your hair's changed, which was really sweet with him to say that because, um, you know, I don't have to work a little bit harder at it. And of course, dry skin and all the rest of it. That was kind of what was going on. And then I was introduced to um, a lady called Sabrina, who actually is um, the menopause chef. And she's an ex-pharmacist and she's probably, I think probably a year or two older than me. And uh, we started so talking about... How old are you now, Jill? I'm 59 now. 59 now, right. Yeah. Um, so she's probably 60 and she's saying, why are you not taking HRT? Why are you not? And I said, well, because I'm from the natural health world and I believe in functional nutrition. And I've been told, you know, I believed that taking HRT was dangerous and that, you know, it was going to cause breast cancer because that was the line that we were fed fed all this time ago. And the kind of party line, if you like, within the functional nutrition world that I'm and you're in is that actually, you know, we shouldn't need HRT and that it's something to be avoided. And there are other things that we can do to improve stuff. And she said, well, you're never going to replace the, the estrogen that you've lost though, are you? Because none of these, you know, 
programs or products that I was taking or the food can actually replace the estrogen. Um, and what was really interesting was that, you know, uh, at one point, a couple of things made a massive difference. You know, we, we are, as you know, we are designed to have babies at 18. Yeah. I, know we're, I know we're having them at 39 and 42. Yeah. And but actually, physiologically, we haven't changed for centuries and centuries. Um, so the ideal time for us to have a baby is 18. And in the same way, you know, 150 years ago, we would have gone into menopause 56, 57, but we'd be dead by the time we were 59. Mm. So two years without estrogen can manage that. Yeah, no biggie. <laughs> yeah, because now average age of last day of the of period, which is actual the day, which is the menopause day, is 51. Yeah. Because we're living to what? 81? Yeah. 91? Yeah. And that's a long time to be without estrogen. Now, of course, estrogen actually protects the heart. It, you need it for brain function. Um, estrogen's kept stored in receptors all over the body. Um, it's stored in the adrenal glands, for example. But if you're stressed, guess what? Because you're not sleeping <laughs> or whatever, yeah. then you, though even those bits of estrogen aren't working anyway. You know, estrogen is so important for all of these things. Yeah, and digestion. And Absolutely. Yeah, everything. Everything. So, you know, the body is finely balanced and we need a mixture of estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. And depending on whether we've got ovaries or not, you know, that will depend. So anyway, she said, look, you know, uh, just to do your research. Yeah. So what happened was I'd got to that low point um, and I started kind of investigating what I was going to do about this. Was there anything that I could do? And maybe I just needed to open um my mind a little bit and not be so stuck in what i believed to be true and one of the things that really helped was uh understanding the risks and the benefits of hormone replacement therapy and that actually the difference in the hormone replacement therapy that a i was aware of and b that was tested that gave these scary results way back in 2007 or whatever it was is very different to the type of HRT that is being prescribed now and that is being recommended by NICE, which is the, the kind of body that recommends any kind of um, pharmaceutical drugs, as it were. And, you know, I, I get it. There are, if you've got the BRCA gene, if you've got breast cancer in your family, and obviously this, you know, you have to think very, very carefully about what you are going to do. Your GP is there to recommend things to you, but ultimately I believe it is your body and you, you must do what you think is right for you. Would you agree with that, Sarah, actually? Yeah, absolutely, because um, I think I have, like I said at the beginning, I'm not in perimenopause yet, so you know, it's all well and good for me to sit there and listen to my clients and listen to people like you who've been through a really terrible time. I mean, I've got a client who says menopause has wrecked her life yeah. and she wishes she'd gone on HRT. And 
it's um, because she sees her friends who did and she said their skin's still lovely and their hair's still thick and you know they feel good and they've got energy and and I think um, you know my my preference as an alternative health practitioner is always to go the natural route if possible but from what I understand you know there's there's something like 10% of women who don't even barely have any symptoms at all and just their periods stop and then that's that there's about 80% who have you know a good handful of the symptoms and then there's another 10% probably you might put yourself in that camp who have really severe symptoms and you know why when we have something available to us which as you've you're explaining is now um better and less harmful and the risks are less than they used to be why wouldn't you try that if you feel it's right for you and why would you struggle on feeling horrendous and not able to even sit in a car because you're so uncomfortable it just doesn't make any sense really let's go through this slide because this is um some research the difference in breast cancer incidence per a thousand women aged 50 to 59 so i'm still there um approximate number of women developing breast cancer over the next five years so for example over the next five years there will be 22 cases of breast cancer diagnosed in the uk in the general population for every thousand women so that's what is that 2.3 percent of women yeah if a woman takes hormone replacement therapy which contains progesterone and estrogen there will be an additional four cases in women on on that combined hormone replacement can we just explain why um people who've had a hysterectomy don't need progesterone the progesterone is there because if you were to take estrogen only basically what what estrogen does is it builds up the lining of the womb so you'd basically explode. <laughs> yeah. Because we progesterone know. builds up the lining of the womb. Yeah. Progesterone. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. So what we need is to be able to have the balance like you would in a normal cycle. So yeah. you have a build up of um, the lining of the womb and then the shedding of the womb. Yeah. So it builds low. These levels are so low that most women now don't shed. There's just enough. It's a fine balance. Yeah. So there is not a build-up, but the equally is not a is not a shedding of the womb. So it yeah. used to be, for example, that women would would be you know period free and then all of a sudden go on to HRT and oh god, here we are. It feels like I've got periods again, which is what they wouldn't want. Mm-hmm. So realistically, then, so that's two point seven percent. So it's gone up from two point three to two point seven percent. Interestingly. For fewer women like me who have only estrogen hormone replacement, there will be four fewer women a year. So that's 1.9. So my risk has actually dropped now that I'm on hormone replacement therapy in terms of breast cancer. But these are the really interesting facts. So an additional four cases. So the same as if women are taking HRT. Um, who are women who are on the combined contraceptive pill. So the same amount, even though the contraceptive pill is a much, much, much bigger dose than hormone replacement therapy. 
an additional five cases of women who drink two or more units of alcohol per day. And that's not your home unit, you know, the one where you glug in a glass of wine. That's yeah. the standard unit of wine that you would be served, you know, in a restaurant or a pub. Mm -hmm. so only two glasses of alcohol per day increases your risk of developing breast cancer by one more than if you take HRT. Yeah. Three additional cases in women who smoke. So if you smoke and you drink, then your risk is exponentially bigger. Mm -hmm. But this is the most amazing one. Look at how many. An additional 24 cases of women in, who are overweight or obese. Yeah. In other words, with a BMI greater than 30. So you double your risk. It goes up from 2.3 to 4.7 if you are overweight. Mm -hmm. um, and the last one, a reduction by seven. So this now goes to 1.6 if you do at least two and a half hours of moderate exercise per week. So that's half an hour a day for five days. So yeah. do you see how much control we actually have over our hormonal life and over our potential risk for breast cancer? And here, we're not even visiting how um, having extra or replacing that, east, that lost estrogen protects us from a heart. You know, I've been saying for years, because we're both heart specialists, that when a woman goes through the menopause, she is more at risk of having a heart attack than a man is. Mm. you know that scale that scale changes suddenly after postmenopausally, the lack of estrogen puts us more at risk and i you know like a lot of women uh, think that heart attacks are a man thing <laughs> but actually more women have heart attacks than men slightly over the age of 50 whatever it is we just experience them in a slightly different way actually the symptoms are slightly different mm -hmm. and of course in terms of osteoporosis, you know, we know that uh, estrogen is really important for good bone health, you know, which is why we've seen an awful lot of women now in their 70s and 80s who've been without estrogen for so many years having mm -hmm. falls with collies fractures and hip fractures. You know, yeah. this is a big problem in our, in our hospitals and most women of that age, you know, 70s and 80s when they have a hip fracture, they don't come out of hospital again. You know, this isn't just about having a hip replacement. You know, this is a killer. Yeah. Apart from all of the other things, like your skin and your hair and your moods and your cognitive ability and, you know, sleep uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah. So, I don't know about you, Sal, but this was a massive game changer for me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that when you look at the... Obviously, there is a, a bit of a risk, but at the same time if the lack of estrogen has been making a woman feel like you described of thinking you know i can't be bothered to do anything i've lost my confidence i'm putting on weight i i'm just lost my motivation i feel sad i'm this that and the next thing then if she's getting just a little bit that's enough to turn that around so that she can go out and exercise and enjoy life again then then i think it's probably worth trying and the thing to remember is that nothing is set in stone so so you know when we start doing something or we stop doing something 
if you want to give up drinking, the pubs are still going to be there. <laughs> if you decide to go back, they'll still be there. If you want to smoke again, the fags will still be there. You know, everything will still be there. And you can also choose to try it. And usually I think it's quite a good idea to, you know, give yourself a bit of a, a timeline yeah you need one of three months although for me within two weeks i was feeling the effect yeah um, you know i think it was probably october time something like that uh, and i can't tell you that the major difference for me is sleeping yeah you know, now I go to bed and i can sleep for maybe even seven hours in a go regularly seven hours in a go and yeah. I, you know as you say if you if you if you're a chronic sleeper the last thing you want to do is exercise. Um, mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do is, you know, play yeah. or go and find yourself a new partner or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and of course, the, but the most thing you want to do is, is eat comfort food. You know? Yeah. And also, the, as we know at the moment, because we've been talking about um, coronavirus and all that kind of thing, that they say that if you have... Um, less than I think six hours sleep a night you're you're something like four times more likely to pick up a cold or a virus yeah. um, so uh, and there's millions of people in the country who don't sleep well and, and, and very... that's the same for cancer as well if you have a if you have a chronic sleep problem of less than five hours a night your markers for developing any type of cancer are 70% higher yeah. You know, this is, you know, this is a, a balancing act really is, is this worth the risk, this small risk yeah. of developing breast cancer? Fortunately, I, I don't, I don't think I have any breast cancer in my family. Is it, uh, is it worth the risk for me? Bearing in mind all of the benefits mm -hmm. um, which I'm experiencing and which I can understand. The next thing I did was I took the recommendations and I looked at the NICE guidelines. So this is the front page here of the NICE guidelines. Um, and I went and downloaded these. You can do this too. So you just type in NICE guidelines um, and it's uh, Article 23, something like that. So this was designed for you and your general practitioner. So it actually talks about um, everything about the menopause and what the guidelines are for prescribing to women. And what I found subsequently working with, um, with women is that they would educate themselves about all of this and they would then go to their GP who would either be ill-informed or not interested or have their opinion, a bit like I did, and say, oh, no, 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 I don't think that HRT is right for you. It's dangerous, still in that 2007 world. Mm -hmm. But if you're suffering with anxiety and depression, then we're going to give you some antidepressants. So it seems crazy to me. I mean, I was in a, a room of ladies not very long ago. There were nine of them, and five of them were on antidepressants. And all of them had menopausal symptoms. And, I'm, and they were convinced after we... I did my talk that actually their symptoms were not about depression and anxiety. They were because they were so mixed up with all of those other menopausal ones. I have a client started, um, she decided to, after some years of trying all sorts of different things to manage her symptoms, um, and she actually does have um, a history of breast cancer in the family, but even so, she weighing up the fact that she isn't overweight she doesn't drink 
two units a day she doesn't smoke blah 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 um she felt that you know she just wanted to give it a try and she was very well informed and her gp still tried to give her antidepressants and so she had to really stand firm and say no i want this thing and she said she felt better within days um and it's interesting there's another lady that i'm working with and she's going to the, the doctor and the doctor is literally saying to her tell me what you want because she's going to the doctor saying advise me yeah because the doctor's not really trained in the menopause because it's not a disease it's not an illness so yeah. unless they've got a specific interest in it then chances are they're still sitting on old values and old beliefs so what I did was I went to my GP and I, because I hadn't been for so many years, I wasn't sure. I think I saw a locum, so I wasn't sure. I knew it was a woman, but I wasn't sure what reception I'd get. So I actually printed off my nice guidelines. I printed them all off because I thought, well, you know, if she's not educated, then um, I, I can show her. And then on the back, I wrote what I wanted. I decided that I wanted to dry some vaginal pessaries. Um, and Vagifem were the ones that um, I decided I wanted to try. So these, these are there, it's just a little kind of, almost like a mini tampon, if you like, with a tiny little pessary in that you put not too far up. And this delivers topical estrogen into that area. So even women that have a history of breast cancer can take Vagifem and Vagifem um, cream as well, because this doesn't actually go through the liver. One of the big problems about the old studies with the dangers of um, estrogen and um, progesterone HRT was that they were oral, taken orally, and that would be have, have to be um, uh, processed by the through the liver. But now all of the things, most of the things that are the safest are tiny, tiny doses compared to the things like premarin, which are the ones that are made from horses' urine, and actually they're topical. So this was for the vaginal atrophy. And then I said, and also, have you heard about this stuff called estradiol? And I'd been warned that not all GPs have this. And she said, oh yeah, we do that. So this is a gel, it's just a pump. It's a, just a, a clear gel. And you can use one to four pumps a day. And you, I just put them, you can either put them on your inner, in your arms or your inner thighs. I just put them in my inner, inner thighs, two, two pumps a day. Literally within two weeks, um, it was working. Um, I had real nipple sensitivity, so I knew it was working. It was like my body kind of came alive and went, oh my God, <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> um, there are things like, you know, I tried things like this. But, you know, those lubricants are not going to plump up the vaginal atrophy because vaginal atrophy means it shrivels. Mm. So, of course, you get bleeding and soreness. It was like, it's like, you know, having knives, kind mm. of, even if you're not going anywhere, anywhere near anybody. Um, the, it's really, really discomfort. Now, just to say, not all women get vaginal atrophy, but there is no other way of dealing with vaginal atrophy rather than a topical, um, a topical, something like this, or, you know, there are other kinds of pessaries as well. Um, it's never going to go away. It's not going to get better. This is a lack of estrogen in that area. Um, and of course, I was also, it relieved some of my um, symptoms in terms of urinary leakage, which I was confused about because I've, you know, I've been a Pilates teacher and done Pilates for 20 years. I've got the best pelvic floor. 
what was that about? I didn't understand it. But that was because of the atrophy of the ureter, the, the ureter and um, you know, what was going on as well. All of that just miraculously went away in two weeks. Mm. I'm now able to sit, I'm now able to do everything and function what I want to do. I actually was, she gave me a lot of these, so I have a generous amount. Yeah. Um, and I'm able to take as many as I need and I probably take as many as five a week of those and the pumps. So things have changed dramatically. I feel so much better. I can't say that I was a moody mare because that's just not me. Mm. Um, but physically, and the sleep is the most amazing thing that I've experienced. So is this something that you now can and will take for the rest of your life? Yeah. Or and unfortunately, what happens now is that, for example, I'm in various groups and people say, oh, I went to my doctors, I've been on Vagifem for, you know, two years. And he says I should have a three month rest. There is absolutely no evidence for having a three month rest. You know, all this business about, oh, you can be on HRT for five years and then you need to come off it, which is what I was told and what I was teaching. And, you know, believing that even if you went on HRT, it would just... You know, Sally, we had a conversation about this. It was just going to delay the symptoms and it was mm. going to come back again. You know, facts and myths, facts and myths all the time. That is not the case at all. That it's perfectly safe and it's in the NICE guidelines um, that actually these things have proven to be safe because the benefits of taking that HRT far outweigh um, the risks. And, and just, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're on it for two weeks or two years or 20 years. Um, and I've certainly met women in their 70s that are still teaching. They're tiny amounts of HRT, tiny, tiny amounts. Yeah. Um, but without it, these symptoms really, you know, can be life-altering. Life I think there's two things coming up for me. Um, one is that, um, you know, how we talk about... Um, the skin being our largest organ and how we absorb stuff through the skin. And I think sometimes it's hard to really take on board the number of things that we breathe in and that we, you know, we put all these creams and lotions and perfumes and stuff on our skin. And you, you think, oh, that's not really affected. Cause I, in my um, menopause online program, I've got a whole episode all about the toxic overload and how to reduce it. And, you know, you can easily think, well, oh, surely that cleaner is not that bad or the, the perfume that I'm wearing. But when you think about the fact you're putting two little pumps worth on your thighs and it's having an effect, that is getting absorbed through your skin. So it's and it's working on a systemic level. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And the other thing is that, um, you know, I'm I'm always saying to my clients that we want to avoid medication if we can, because obviously your liver has to process that. And it, everything that we take, even over the counter medication, as you know, it all depletes our body of essential vitamins and minerals. So we don't want to get in that kind of catch 22 situation where we're just like reducing our health levels all the time because we're taking over the counter things. But if like, like you're saying- Polypharmacy. You know, yeah. you, you see so many people that take one drug and then they need another drug to counter effect. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, I do, I have a number of clients who present with all sorts of problems. They might be on 
three, four plus medications. And when you go and Google the side effects, everything comes up that they're saying is a problem. Yeah. So I think the, it sounds like the Vagifem is quite good because it's a topical thing. So it's not having to be processed by the liver. So that's tick, that problem solved. Yeah. Um, Where's the estradiol? And actually the Everol patches are still available. I could have had those. Um, I just fancied this. Um, this works better for me. But the patches, obviously that's transdermal as well. Yeah. The only thing that you have to take by mouth is progesterone. Uh, but those progesterone pills are now made out of yam. Right. So I'm with the plant, so that's a plant-based. So all of this is kind of body identical stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the world has changed from, from how it used to be. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that you should do this. Mm. I'm just saying that for me, um, I feel a bit foolish that I suffered dreadfully for so many years when actually if I'd have just been a bit more open and a bit more sensible <laughs> um, uh, and not so stubborn that I could have had many more years where uh, life would have been easier for me. Well, I think you're being quite hard on yourself because I don't think it's a bad thing to want to pursue natural methods and that, you know, really what we all were taught was that it was dangerous and that, you know, once your menopause was over, that the the symptoms would go away and then you'd move into another phase of your life in which you wouldn't be happy. It isn't, it isn't true. And, you know, people yeah. come to these menopause days and they go, well, the last time I menopause, so I'm all right now. No, yeah. actually, that's, that's when your problems really start, honey. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you've seriously got lots of lack of estrogen. Yeah. And I mean, do you, do you think that you're, you've had a particularly bad experience yeah. compared to most women? Because yeah. I'm sure there might be some people watching this thinking, oh my God, I am dreading this now. It's, and, and, you know, I know yeah. you're the same. My message is it doesn't have to be hell. It doesn't have to be something that you suffer from. And, you know, I suppose a bit of a challenge now for me, certainly, and maybe for you is how, how do we incorporate this kind of advice and recommendations into our practices, which are fully based on, on natural methods and and well, i think on that side the way that i've got my head around it is that you and i have always been uh, really uh, dedicated to really good quality supplementation there isn't a day that i don't take magnesium supplements mm. and i've been doing that for years i don't function without them even my daughter my young daughter is a complete convert to magnesium uh, because we understand the depletion in, of minerals in our soils you know, I, I take regular antioxidants like you. I alkalize my body like you. I take a, a synergistically put together supplement that's got all the vitamin D's and B's and A's and all the rest of it in. So that's my daily go-to. So what I realized was that if I'm prepared to replace something that is lost in my body, in other words, magnesium, vitamin D, which of course, you know, we're only just being exposed to yeah. week. Um, we've been depleted for six six months. If I'm prepared to replace those things, um, why am I not prepared to replace estrogen? Because actually it's not going through the liver apart from anything else. I've just viewed it in a slightly different way. Yeah. 
Um, and, and that kind of sits with me better because like you, there was a big part of me that goes, oh, you know, I, if, if I'm taking a paracetamol, you know, the family are calling an ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for me to take something regularly and to have now a regular prescription is just kind of really out there. Mm -hmm. um, but actually the way that I now think about it is very, very different. Yeah. And so um, to, to kind of bring this to a close, are there any drawbacks that you've noticed so far? No, none at all. And what I did want to do just quickly though, before I finish is just to um, show you another couple of things. So one of the things that I have discovered is that I was really, really lucky. I went along with my menopause nice guidelines written on the back. I, I'm because I can uh, take my own blood pressure. I went along with my blood pressure on my weight, which is what she wanted to know. Um, so I went in and said, I've got this. This is what I want. This is my blood pressure. This is my weight. And I was in and out of her room in seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're my ideal client. <laughs> because I knew what the risks and benefits were. I knew what I wanted. Um, you know, you might not be able to do your blood pressure and your weight, but you know, you can make this a very painless experience with the right doctor. However, not everybody is so lucky. So it's about finding, there might even be a menopause specialist in your surgery. There wasn't in mine, it was a bit potluck, but it is a really good surgery. Or you can go onto the BMS, the British Menopause Society, and I've highlighted here that you can find a specialist in your area. So there are NHS ones and ones that are private. So you will be able to find an NHS one. You might have to travel and you might have to wait. But don't be fogged off. All of these women that um, are in these various groups are being given such bad advice, being fogged off who, with, uh, from ignorance, from GPs. And sometimes there's con gynecological consultants who are not up to date with nice guidelines. So, you know, you need to be really persistent in that case. Mm -hmm. um, and the only other thing I would say is that, you know, there obviously are alternatives. And, you know, this isn't as simple as taking HRT because taking HRT is not going to work unless you are making sure that you eat well. Um, so eating phytoestrogenic foods, so foods that are high in natural sort of false hormones, if you like, false estrogen. And I know that you've done a whole webinar on this, so we won't go into this now. Yeah. Finding out what your triggers are and avoiding them. So I know for a fact that red wine for me gives me palpitations. Um, chili is a, a big no-no. I mean, I still eat these things, but I know that if I do eat them, that this is what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> it's a lifestyle decision. Yeah. You know, I know what my triggers are. Medical, that's the supplement that, um, you can't get it anywhere other than me. I don't think there's a, you know, there's, it's, not a, it's not on the market, if you like. Um, but this is the hot supplement that helped and supported me for years. And actually, on my website, there is an interview with two sisters who have been using medical for 12 years and would never be without it. They are, their, their symptoms are being controlled by medical. Um, and again, you know, looking at the Purify, the 21-day program, the Gut Reset program, which I do anyway at least twice a year. And if I didn't do those things, even taking HRT would not um, help me with my symptoms as much. You know, this is a whole holistic approach. Yeah. And um, I think that's a really great point because as we often say to our clients, you know, you can't... Um, it, 
it's all well and good taking high quality nutritional supplements but if you if you're eating pizza every night and you never exercise yeah it's it's not going to benefit you that much it's you've you've got to do your bit haven't you to to help yourself along so i think that's obviously um where you and i still come in is is helping and guiding and supporting women to share this information with them teach them how to um how to take care of themselves and kind of what's happening in the body because i think that's a big part of it i mean i don't know about you but i've been studying this stuff for years now and i still feel like i've scratched the surface and that there's so much more to know and it changes all the time so um you know we we have to sort of stay a step ahead don't we and um anyway i just i think it's brilliant that you found something that's really working for you and i hope that we've got across the message that you know we're not saying to the viewers right everybody just rush out and get going on this but but if you feel like you've heard something in this webinar that connects with you and makes you think there might be another way to to get through this stage in life um in a sort of happier way then that's what we're all about <laughs> yeah it is and just being really i just wanted to be really honest and uh, you know not everybody not every functional nutritionist will will, will agree with me this is a life choice that i've made and uh, and for now i think it's the right one yeah so well it'd be great to um hear how things go in the future i know obviously you and i will be in touch so we can we can record another update um in a couple months time or something and just see how you're doing and whether there's anything more to say and um meanwhile where can people reach you if they've got questions for you so my website is drjillborum.com oh the heart of the woman that's um the first book that i wrote which you'll get a link to from there it's on amazon as well um uh, like you sally i do a sort of 20 20 minute freebie kind of discovery call if anybody wants to talk to me about any issues and on there you can see some of the articles i've written some of the episodes the podcast links on there um, and also the details of some of the retreats, which obviously, uh, for the moment, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no go. <laughs> are not are a no go. Certainly going abroad, um, yeah. but you know, there's there's quite a lot of information on the on the website. So yeah. thank you very much for today. Yeah, well, thanks so much for sharing all your experience with us, and um, yeah, we look forward to um, chatting to you again soon, and. Um, likewise anybody who's watching um my my contact details i'll i'll put them below in the comments and my website and whatnot and um hopefully see you all soon okay bye bye